On the 19th of August 1973, the world witnessed perhaps the magnum opus of martial arts films that would catapult its star to worldwide superstar status, inspiring people all over the world and helping to spark off a worldwide enthusiasm for the genre of martial arts movies and indeed martial arts in general. However, the 19th of August 1973 was a bittersweet day, as on the 20th of July 1973, the star of that film, Bruce Lee, had sadly passed away. This is the That's Why They Were Quality podcast. My name is Luis Sanchez, his name is Paddy Stanton, and we are approaching the end of our Bruce Lee series. Let's hit the music. Absolutely beautiful. The keys, everything, all on point. Melodic. Oh, thank you, Gazer. Thank Bruce you. Bruce yeah. would be proud of that. Ah, uh, I like to think so. I like to think so. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it was a great introduction as well. Very, very accurate. Very on point. Getting to the end now. It's where it, it gets a bit, you know, deep and emotional because, fortunately, we we do have to cover what is, you know, inevitable happens in his life. Just as he was hitting the big time, just as the, the I mean, as you said, his magnum opus was was uh, was coming out, and he created peak of creativity. Um, so this will be, as we always hope it is, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it's it's one of those when I was reading the um, uh, a life, uh, Bruce Lee, a life by Matthew Polly. I was um, uh, the way that they written it, but when it gets to around this bit towards the end of his life. 
they they have like so Wikipedia, you know what day did Bruce Lee die? And they break yeah. and they start writing it in because it was written in chapters, but then when it gets to the end, they sort of do it by like days. They they have like dates. It'll be like the twelfth of May, and then it'll go to the twentieth of May, and you're counting yeah. down. You like the inevitable's coming, and you're like, oh god. Okay. <laughs> Was like, yeah. is did something happen on like each of those days in his life? Oh, we'll get into it. It's um, there's yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of like when you know, compared to the Beatles, and um, when mm. you know, there's that website or in that book as well, where like literally there's uh, something happens every single day in, in the, the career of the Beatles, the whole like whatever now is nine years. Yeah, I mean, the, the Beatles, they're, they're such like a phenomenon that there's two websites I think dedicated to um like covering every day in the life while the Beatles were together and also some of the solo years as well mm. and and there was I think there was going to be a podcast series like um covering each day in the life of the Beatles but they just like I think they gave up after like a year or so it's just fucking mad yeah mate it's a bit like that website is jtgstillemployed.com <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's it's mad though, like just a slight slight tangent on the Beatles. It's mad because like because there was four of the geezers and they're all doing different things. It, I just remember like opening up on a random day and it's like, oh yeah, Yoko Ono suffers a miscarriage. Uh, George Harrison records the song Badge with Cream. It's like fuck me, well, that's just a random like midday. It's like Jesus, what was yeah. I doing last Wednesday? That's kind of what I'm intrigued to know if if that's the case. You know, just coming up to Bruce's death, obviously we'll we'll discuss that, but be interesting to see if it is, if they've done some sort of countdown and, you know, something was, was building there and, like, maybe you just, like, there was so much going on in his life at that time and then just literally it all just crashed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, there was a lot going on in his life because um, around this time, this was the height of Bruce Lee's popularity uh, in Hong Kong and obviously entered the dragon after he died, he'd get the height of his popularity um in in america uh, and 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 throughout the world uh, but yeah at this time um on the 30th of december 1972 the way of the dragon just premiered uh, premiered and it made over um five million uh, hong kong dollars uh, which was what bruce had predicted the movie would make smashes the box office that was set by a fist of fury um and and it, yeah went on to make Five million three hundred and seven thousand um, Hong Kong dollars, and it doubled uh, the Yellow Face Tiger's box office, which barely made two million uh, Hong Kong dollars. It, it, that was, you know, the Yellow Face Tiger being the film being made by Jimmy Wang Yu and um, yeah. and uh, Low Wei. So you know, very much the rival film. Yeah, and crushing his competition there, weren't he? I think. Mm. At that moment, I guess, when he, he's been realised, okay, I've passed my competition, now I can do what I want to do more in the creative aspect, and obviously we'll, we'll discuss that as, as he does, but there must be a good feeling for him, because, you know, in the 60s, when he told he wasn't, you know, he wasn't good enough, and he wouldn't he wouldn't beat his rivals, and he did, and it must have been, at that moment, it must have been quite smug as well. Oh, yeah, I mean... It's one of those ones where, like, you can see if Bruce Lee did have a big ego, you can you can see why. Um, and, and Bruce, he he didn't want the film. He apparently, he showed it to his his brother and he and his brother's wife, 
and they didn't really like seem to like the film. They tried to be polite. So Bruce, he didn't want it to be released in America. However, Raymond Chow, Chow sold the rights to to North America uh, without Bruce's knowledge. Apparently, Bruce was furious about this. So this creating a bit more of a uh, a bit more of a rift between Raymond Chow and Bruce. As you say, Bruce's ego probably massive by now. So right now he decides he wants to rewrite the silent flute for a Chinese audience, uh, taking out uh, Sterling Silliphant's Freudian symbolism and putting in more cultural references uh, that Asian audiences would understand. Uh, he called this film Northern Leg, Southern Fist. Um, so, you know, he was... Uh, and with the, uh, the, the sexual connotations. Nah, he, just leave nah, it at that. Yeah, ever, yeah. Everyone enjoy you the Southern Fist of the Southerner like yourself. Eight and six years since I've never actually ever actually ever uh, fisted anyone before. No. Yeah. Does it really interest me? Not gonna lie. I think I have had a go. Saying oh, right. I managed four. Yeah. I managed the whole fist, but I don't. I I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. That's just not a, a kink in, for me. Don't exactly uh, get it, but you know, to each your own. Yeah, the four four fingers of uh not quite the five fingers of death. Um <laughs> it, it, it's four fingers of death, mate. It was a uh, Exactly. Um yeah, it doesn't really appeal to me to be honest. It's one of those kind of things like I think it's the porn star equivalent of like the bicycle kick. It's kinda like um it's like, Oh yeah, if you do it, it's amazing. But mm. I mean just we just want to get three points on the board yeah, yeah. I mean, here. On the back of the net, please. Put in the back of the net, like, you know, I'm I'm not too too but then again there might be some people who came to the game looking for for a bicycle kick. They might like go look for looking for bicycle kick compilations. So fair play, oh. but um, it's no, not, not for why me. The, the expression any holes a goal is a thing. Mm. Exactly. Do you agree with that though? Do you think any hole is a goal? Oh, oh, I mean, uh, it's it's um, no. I mean, first, firstly, is, there's only one goal. That is the goal. It, that's the purpose of it. So I feel like you know, it's it's a, there only should be one hole as the goal. Well, I mean, if you both participants winning and able, you know, use what uh, holes that you can really. I mean, you know, um, I'd say leave the nostril and the ear holes alone. I don't mm. see much pleasure in that. Uh, but the other holes, I'd say they're in play, just as long as everyone's uh, of above uh, legal age and consenting. Uh, then they're fair play, you know, have it away. So Bruce wrote a treatment uh, for for the rewriting of, of The Silent Flute and discussed it with Raymond Chow, who thought it was too intellectual for the Chinese audience tastes. Uh, so Bruce, he agreed and shelved it for a later date. Um, too intellectual? What he try- what's he trying to say? Exactly. What's he? What's he going? What's he going on about? Stereotyping. Exactly. Bruce told the Hong Kong Standard that he was dissatisfied with the expression of cinematic art in Hong Kong. He said, uh, "I believe I have a role. The audience needs to be educated, and uh, one to educate them has to be someone who is responsible." He said, "We are dealing with the masses, and we have to create something that will get through to them." We have to educate them step by step. We can't do it overnight, but that's what I'm doing right now. Whether I succeed or not remains to be seen, but I don't just feel committed. I am committed. So Bruce wanted to find a project that could express his philosophy of Jeet Kune Do. So that led him to his next project, a film that would come to be known 
as the game of death. Forget He's... about the group of death. This is the game of death. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Oof. Yeah, Jesus. What a, what a, another title um, that just, you know, with the oomph to it, you know, the big boss and game of death. Like, he really, he really hit home with the the title of his films. I'll, I'll give him that. Oh, it's, yeah, it, no doubt. And it's, it's, uh, when we go on about this, this film, it's such a shame that it never actually got fully made because as it unravels, like, Bruce's plan for it, this could have even been better than Enter the Dragon. It was, it was. Uh, it yeah, and I guess it's quite phenomenal. interesting because um, I doubt people realised that this was to be made before Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Which a lot of people probably don't know that. Yeah, well, it's it's a bit like how um, uh, what's it called? Let It Be was recorded before Abbey Road. And yeah. Then, and then like released after. Madison, actually, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so this film was uh, about five elite martial artists uh, hired to retrieve a stolen Chinese national treasure from a five-story wooden pagoda, it, wooden pagoda in South Korea, and every floor was guarded by a martial arts expert of a different style who they must defeat to move up to the next level. And it is probably what inspired the uh, the free tier cage match in, in WCW, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously both both classics as well. Both classics, yeah. David Arquette would probably been cast in this if he was alive. Do um, the remake, David could be there. Could could play Bruce. Could do, could do. Uh, so so I'd say Bruce, Bruce actually, you know, he does have character names, but you know, as well, everyone's aware for six plus parts for yourself, it, they are quite hard to pronounce for us. Yeah, yeah, fuck all of that. Just we just call him Bruce and, and James. Ch- I can't be. It's hard Bruce, enough. Bruce me old mate. Bruce me old mate. You, you know, it's it's hard enough learning the names of of the actors and not learning the fucking character names as well. I mean, get get yeah, it. There's Wikipedia there for a reason. Exactly, exactly. So Bruce started making the game of death with only an idea of the opening image. And the theme of the movie and the third action sequence, he didn't really have a story. Raymond Chow, Raymond Chow grew increasingly cautious about funding the movie, so Bruce went to Run Run Shaw and uh, did a full wardrobe test in a full uh, costume and makeup as an ancient Chinese warrior. And if you go onto these Bruce Lee Facebook pages and groups, you can actually see... Like that, they are the images that you see of Bruce Lee, like dressed up like a samurai warrior. I think the they were yellow. from this photo shoot. Is that, that where, where he's in the yellow, like the yellow jumpsuit? Uh, well, no. So, so well, that that was the like the actual game of death um, image. But I mean, so what he did was he did a photo shoot for Raymond Chow uh, for the Shaw Brothers, like him, like sort of dressed up as like sort of like. So, yeah, just like an ancient martial arts a Chinese warrior, an okay. ancient Chinese warrior, and um, it's it's like that. It's 
like on Facebook, you'll see these images of Bruce. They look like they've been photoshopped because it's it's him like dressed up like some someone out of like a samurai film. Oh, right. and cool. and that that's where it's from. Well, that's where it's from. And I um, imagine you've Google imaged that quite a lot, haven't you? Oh yeah, it's many tabs, uh, many tabs, many in private browsers have been incognito. Uh, incognito. It's the incognito. Is that that's what they should call you? Uh, that's uh, that's probably what they already do. And uh, it and it's one of these Bruce's uh, tactics that he uses to you know if if, if with the uh, golden harvest if he's not getting what he wants from Raymond Chow he'll go off to the Shaw brothers and and he'll he's basically just using it as a bargaining chip playing one off the other like you know that's going to make uh, Raymond Chow react if he sees his big star in a in a photo shoot shoot with the Shaw brothers. And when the China Mao asked if Bruce would make his next movie with the Shaw Brothers, Bruce said uh, it can be produced by by Shaw's Golden Harvest or any film company. It has never been my intention to be tied to a particular company. Uh, and the photos were deliberately leaked to the press and newspapers reports that the Shaw Brothers had offered him a staggering fee for the movie. Uh, Raymond Chow knew he was just leveraging his position uh but he, he wasn't really willing to call bruce's bluff so he agreed to fund the film so bruce you know he's learning those uh, hollywood ways i mean he's yeah politics as usual politics as usual in, in late in the late august of 1972 bruce began filming uh for the game of death he only had a brief window where he could film with the person who was going to be on the final floor of the pagoda, his former student, NBA championship winner and MVP award winner of the Milwaukee Bucks, baseball player more commonly known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And the boy, it's he he would be a massive a massive name to to get at the time. And, yeah, uh, like I've never really watched his basketball footage. Actually, I've seen probably a bit later. You know, like Magic and and those lot. I think they were more like late seventies, I guess. But mm-hmm. Kareem was probably like the big, the first really big international star of uh, of NBA. Would you say? Yeah, he was a massive name, and uh, he he would go on to be get you know make a bit of an acting name for himself. Of course, being in this uh, went on to be an air air uh, airplane as well. And uh, and yeah, 1973. Uh, I just look at what he was doing at that time in his career. Yeah, he was at the Milwaukee Bucks. He um, uh, yeah, he was yeah. See, he was. This was prime prime yeah. career. So uh, when even like, so he was in the NBA doing that and also acting at the same time. Um yeah, I, I don't know if this was his like first foray into acting. Uh, but, Still, but yeah, I mean, it's you know usually that's more of a retirement thing, isn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, I think he just love anything. He twenty years as a player, and he went on to play for the Lakers um, from nineteen seventy five to eighty nine. Yeah, and if you look at his awards, he's uh, yeah, this is his film debut in the Game of Death, right. and 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 yeah, he's um, you look at his awards, it's just yeah, it's just glittering. It's just and yeah, around about this time. In the seventies, yeah, it was when he was he was winning all of these like achievements, player of the season. Not really MVP. talked about as much as your, you know, the, I say even know about like Larry Bird and, mm. and Magic, and then obviously after that you had Jordan and and a lot. So you don't really hear about him, get talked about as as much. But 
probably should because he was probably the first like big crossover star. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm not a massive basketball guy, but I was aware of this guy. I think he came, he was in an episode of Scrubs once, yeah. and it was like it was like oh shit, you know, he's a big deal. Uh, like the way he's sort of portrayed in in that. Um, but yeah, uh, but Bruce, he'd always like said way back when when he was uh, way back when when he was training him that he'd love to to do a film, you know, with this guy because you know just the size difference alone. And then also the fact that he was teaching in martial arts, you know, he obviously knew how to fight. And yeah. Bruce teaching Kareem uh, Jeet Kune Do allowed Kareem to be able to correctly portray the style, uh, or, yeah, the fighting philosophy that Bruce wanted. And yeah, it meant so that... in the film, it, it didn't, mm. so it didn't look fake and hokey. Like he actually, he could do it. Yeah, and and it, and it it would just set his style, the style of no style, as being the ultimate, and and that that yeah, basically it was just like perfect casting, really. Uh, so you should put pro- him in a, in a UFC game because I don't you see him. Um, Action Bronson's <laughs> going to be in the in the UFC four apparently. Is he? <laughs> yeah, it's a playable character. <laughs> what a geezer. Yeah. Um, he's, he's in good shape as well now. Action Bronson. Yes, yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. go low, it can be done. You can go from the five hundred pound monster that you are now to two hundred and fifty pounds of, of sexy goodness. Well, I'm not it's... quite five hundred pounds. I'm more <laughs> just uh, just skinny with a pot belly. Um, skinny yeah. fat. Skinny fat. Yeah. Get you on one of these Bruce Lee workout regimens. How about that? Well, I don't want to die. I mean, I don't want to uh, <laughs> eat in that raw burger fat. But uh, <laughs> yeah, burger protein shakes down you. Yeah, yeah, that don't sound quite appealing. But uh, but but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And so so yeah, so basically, he'd have Kareem Abdul Jabbar on the fifth floor as this you know giant who would be fighting the style of no style. Would be the big boss to overcome. And on the fourth floor, he would have to fight Korean, um, how to pronounce this, Hapkido um, expert, Jihan J, who Bruce first met at a martial arts demonstration in the USA in 1969. You did well with that pronunciation, by the way. <laughs> well, I, I think I've done well. There might be someone out <laughs> listening to this going, oh, what? That's true. going to have to see the spelling of this one. Exactly. Um, and yeah, on on the third floor, he would be fighting his insistent instructor, Dan Inosanto. For the first two floors, Bruce considered his Seattle instructor, Taki Kimura, and his childhood Win Chun student, Wong Sun Leng. Uh, he also approached uh, James Coburn, but uh, James Coburn politely declined. And and yet, basically, in the original script, in what we see of the film, what is actually filmed is it's him and uh, two other fighters who get to the third floor of the pagoda. But originally, what was meant to happen is uh, Bruce was meant to be joined by two other fellow martial artists. Uh, let's be five of them. And I believe like two of them would have been killed off by the time they got to that third floor. Uh, and the two martial artists that we do see in the film um, is James Chen, who of course is, was in uh, the 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 Big Boss, Fist of Fury. He's one of the Bruce Lee clique. And yeah. uh, Chin Yuan, I'm probably oh, fucking yeah. that right up. But um, 
Chin Yuen, he seems familiar, actually. I don't know if he was in... He might have so, been in... Just say Kimura. What, what, what Kimura was it? Do you know his first name? Uh, oh, Taki Kimura was his oh, name. Taki. Okay. No, because I was going to say, it was the, that Masahiko Kimura. He's the one that, like, he was the judo kimura, and he invented, like... He was a wrestler as well. He invented, oh. like, the, the arm lock and stuff. Another you know, the, what they call Kimura lock? It's like an arm lock. Oh, yeah. right. And he had like match with like Ricky Dozer and all that back in the day, but I don't know. I was wondering if it was the same fella, but could be his brother. Who knows? Could be, yeah. Let's have a look. Uh, Chen Yen, just to look this up, he was in. Uh, no, yeah. So I don't, I don't think he was in Fist of Fury. Chen Yen, uh, actor and martial artist. Uh, Taki Kimura. Oh, he only died this year. Taki Kimura, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Had a good innings. Ninety six. Yeah. Fuck me. Good innings. Good innings, mate. Um, uh, extra time there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I can't see him having a famous uh, family in martial arts. Uh, but if anyone knows and wants to educate us, uh, feel free to drop us a message. Always keen to learn more um, about it. But yeah, so James Chen and Chin Yuan, uh, they, were, they served as the comic relief. And you can, you can, I think it's great acting. We'll get into it when we get into the actual uh, film. But the, the dynamic that they have where this Chin Yuen character, he's, he seems to be more of like a humble, like, you know, less egotistical character. And James Chen has this kind of rivalry with Bruce where he's, he's, you know, the sort of, um, the sort of hothead who thinks he, you know, he knows it all, and Bruce is constantly having to say, "Look, get back over here. Let me sort this geezer out." And it's just absolute great dynamic between these characters. Yeah. What a uh, what faction or trio or stable would you compare them to? Oh. Uh, hmm. Uh, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Good question. There's a there's a there's a trio in AW AW right now called the Wingmen. All right. It's just a bunch of jobbers, like so. It could could be them. All right. One of my tag teams in Pain was actually called the Wingmen. <laughs> they stole your idea, bro. Stole my idea. It was Dolph Ziggler and Tyler Breeze. What? That's weird, cause it's Dolph Ziggler's brother who's in it. Um, uh, you know what's his name? The Hollywood Hunk, Nick Nemeth. They've they've def they've definitely stolen mm. my idea. We need to copyright stuff on this podcast, you know. We don't want, you know, all, all the royalties getting out. Exactly, exactly. So Bruce continued to shoot the pagoda scenes from Game of Death from late August to mid-October 1972 without the script, and he tried to se- hire several screenwriters, including N.I. Space, K-U-A-N. <laughs> Go and then. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and pronounce this guy's name. N-I space K-U-A-N-G, who, according to Wikipedia, has written over 300 Chinese language, Wuxia, and science fiction novels and 400 scripts. But um, but apparently no other writers uh, were available. The idea for the the famous yellow outfit that Bruce wore in Game of Death uh, came from a jumpsuit that Roman Polanski had lent him on their skiing trip uh, when they went to Switzerland. And uh, I think we mentioned this in a previous episode uh, as well. Also, apparently, that there was, like, publicity stills taken where Bruce was in, like, a black um, 
a black uh, jumpsuit. I think it might have been black and yellow, maybe like inverted colours. Mm. And um, it's like, oh, fuck, I really want to find those photos, but I yeah. can't find them. Uh, I don't know. That's interesting, that as well. I wonder if it was the same colour. Would you think yeah. Bruce may have developed just developed the idea? Yeah, well, I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was like the opposite colours. It was like the bits that were yellow were black, and like it was like a black one with the yellow stripe. I believe. Come on, like Roman and Bruce. You know, they could have had recorded footage or you know stills of their their orgy sessions in Switzerland. Come on now, if it was this day and age, you know they would do. I, I mean, Roman Polanski's got got a lot of uh, other type of nudes out there too. Yeah, if it's Polanski's involved, I don't want to see those pictures. Keep <laughs> to yourself, keep to yourself, mate. Uh, so yeah, the the costume itself even supports even supports the theme of the of the film that Bruce wanted to portray that modern martial arts must evolve from tradition, and the suit was comfortable and flexible. Uh, I mean, you see, that's sort of the way I kind of dress, really. I mean. If if Slazingers were around, Bruce probably yeah. would have been wearing those. Yeah, I mean, you and Bruce have a similar style, clearly. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Bruce always talked about having, like, the style of no style. Mm. And if, if there's one thing that people have said to me for years, is, Lewis, you have no style. So yeah. I'll take that as a high compliment that I got yeah, from Bruce. Sure. I mean, yeah. I think Bruce, if he was living in this day and age, would also be wearing joggers with kick flicker shoes. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, probably a jumper with three more coats over the top of that. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, Still the three uh, is ass with, with with stains on 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 every uh, every jumper. Uh, also, like the idea of this this ski suit, it, it was yeah, sort of set him apart from. It, it's quite a, like a futuristic jet setting like look. And yeah, just meant to symbolise basically the breakaway from tradition and more modern, just basically aesthetically looking, the more modern approach to martial arts being portrayed in his clothing. And um, he pulled it off, man. That's fashionable. It was badass, you know, he, he did that, to be fair to him. Oh, yeah, it's an iconic image. And of course, everyone knows it was what inspired the the yellow suit in uh, Kill Bill. Yeah. It's um, it, it's, it's always sunny as well. Frank Reynolds. Frank Reynolds, always sunny. It's it, it's went on. To, it is like one of the most iconic images, I'd say, in, in definitely martial arts cinema and even in, in film, you could say. It's 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 one of those where when you see Bruce Lee action figures, uh, the these usually it's him wearing the yellow suit. It's it's like one of the iconic looks people think of when it, they think of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee up uh, action figures? Yeah, I never knew that. Oh yeah, Bruce. He has loads of um action figures, and he, he also actually he has loads of one. comics. Sorry. Have you got one? No, no, I haven't uh, got a place Should for him. Should they human pain, bro? Oh, He's the next world champ. That's the, if he was alive, I would do, but I, 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 I would, I don't like when a wrestler dies. I like when Eddie Guerrero in that world as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, when Eddie Guerrero died, did a whole tribute show to him. <laughs> Felt it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Benoit, not so much. Uh, (laughs) Throw him in the trash. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Bruce had 90 minutes of... Also, by the way, talking about um, weird Bruce Lee memorabilia, Bruce Lee has a whole, like, genre of comics and comic books, like, about him. And he's he's like there was a comic strip I think in like the LA Times that ran for 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 quite a while 
like a Bruce Lee comic strip. Um, and yeah, if you Wikipedia Bruce Lee comics, you'll find it's like an entire subgenre. And yeah, I mean, you've got his own, but then you've also got a lot of um, what we've obviously mentioned previously, but the influence he had in the comic book world, you know, the anime world and the video game world as well. Which is um, obviously when we go on Sense of the Dragon, I've got a little tidbit about um, just a theory actually, um, relating to a video game, Mortal Kombat. So, I'll, uh, but when once we touch upon that, I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah, nice one. Uh, just a while to talk about video games. Did you know Bruce has actually got four Bruce Lee dedicated uh, video games? And oh um, yeah, yeah, I have played. I did have one of them. I think. It, I don't know if it was Enter the Dragon one or it was called The Legend of Bruce Lee. I remember I had it on Game Boy Advance. I, like, I quite enjoyed it as a child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've, they've got... Um, yeah, so if anyone, anyone out there... rated or were they, were they panned? I think they were, they were quite panned, yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember, though, there being the Jet Li video game that was sick. But I don't know if it's one of those things where I was playing it and, I, you know, as a kid, like you, you, you're sort of more easily impressed than you are. Oh, yeah. Getting 100%. older. Yeah, so I don't know if I played it now if I'd go, oh, yes, it was quality. But uh, I remember playing it as a kid figure. this is fucking quality. Yeah, uh, you might get a little game, game Boy emulator, fire up some of these Bruce Lee games. Yeah, yeah. They actually are. Exactly. So Bruce had 90 minutes of raw footage recorded for uh, Game of Death. He had it recorded and edited down to about 30 minutes of finished material. And I, I think it's about 40 minutes, I think, that have managed to be recovered around about that time um anyway so yeah not enough not enough there is rumors that you know more footage does exist but uh, oh yeah it's, conspiracies it's been, i bet exactly it's been a long time like, I, I think we'd found out about it by now so yeah bruce had a great time on set and you could see like lots of cause as i say like you're recording 90 minutes of footage 30 minutes of it was finished materials so there was a lot of outtakes and you could just see in the outtakes him like laughing and having a great time. I think he brought his family on set. There's, you know, it's he's, he's working with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's obviously trained with him for years. So they're mates. You know, his wife probably forgot that he just had an affair and probably in his trailer back there. She put she she walked in on him banging someone, but you know she forgot about that. Oh yeah, she probably was. Yeah, she she probably you know, she she was used to it, you know. And and or, or she she he might she might have just been like happy going oh well he's working today so that might be might be one day that he's not having an affair so you know she might have been might be happy about that yeah. and uh, yes yeah, so he's working with his mate Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Taki Kabura as well and uh, not Taki Kabura he didn't mate I um, mean Danny Nasanto and 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 so yeah he, yeah so he's he's having a great time and um, apparently they shot this battle between Bruce and Kareem on the first day. And uh, apparently they actually had to slow down uh, Bruce and Kareem's fighting. They had to make an effort to actually go a bit slower because when they watched the footage back of like the first takes and that, they were going so fast that like it would just look like a blur. So it's um yeah that's interesting that. Yeah yeah it's quality probably yeah. maybe in this day and age you could um, you could catch it you know with the type of cameras and technology and that but maybe not back then. Yeah yeah with like cameras now with the incredible like frame rates you probably could but uh, but yeah they had to like hold back that, even what they just were doing. thinking of that like um you know when we touch upon enter the dragon and the production how vast the improvements it was but like imagine bruce in a film now in this day and age oh, oh don't do it mate don't do it. it makes me sad 
you know, yeah. he could be in the new Fast and Furious in space, just like flying up there, and you wouldn't bat an eyelid. Oh, oh, fly kicking, uh, um, I don't know any of the characters' names, but fly, <laughs> fly kicking John Cena. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Now we get on to the game of death, and uh, this, uh, this, uh, this first bit here is according to the documentary, uh, the Warrior's Journey. And according to the documentary, Bruce had a 12-page storyline. And in the storyline, Bruce would play a retired, undefeated martial arts champion called Hai Tien. We're just going to refer to him as Bruce, make it easier. Who's been approached by members of the Korean underworld to take part in a raid of a five-story pagoda where there would be treasure. There would be a treasure at the top. And Bruce refused to go on this raid, so they kidnapped his sister and younger brother. Uh, and then Bruce was like, "Yeah, go on, and I'll, I'll do it for you, you know, if you let him go." <clears throat> so uh, Bruce, he's introduced to five accomplices. Um, so I don't know if it was five; it was like five included Bruce, or it was five and Bruce. So maybe it was six people in total. I'm not too sure. Uh, who will join them on the raid? And um, and uh, it's a really cool that, premise, isn't it? Like what it would have been. Just uh, it's a good idea. You could see this is um, you know, this is where his peak of the creativity. It was it was really was um, getting home. It was really at its best around this time. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it's such a simple idea, but genius. And guns were banned from the village where the pagoda was. So yeah, obviously they had to use martial arts to uh, to make it up there. And I think that's a great like. Uh, a great reason to have guns not in the um, in the actual scene in in the movie itself. A great justification. That's posh, yeah. Like it's kind of like uh, it's very rare you get those sorts of justifications, you know, in films, wrestling, you know, whatever. There's always sorts of stupid loophole, but it's a, yeah, it's a good reason. You know, I'll just trace off the bat as well with that. It's going to be some good, really good writing in in this as well. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. And and Bruce with this, you know, he was involved with the production. He was involved with directing, writing, uh, obviously starring. You know, and he, yeah, he's he's basically evolved to. Uh, he was evolving as a martial artist and as a filmmaker as well, and as an actor as well. You'll you'll see in this. So yeah, they they're taken. Uh, they they go on this raid of the five story uh, pagoda. And there would be a different martial arts mercenary situated on every floor of the pagoda. So he wanted every fighter to have a different style. So Bruce could basically take on the concept of style itself. And, um, you know, when he gets to the top, it's the style of no style. So it's sort of like, you know, the style of no style is, is the hardest to beat. Uh, one of Bruce's accomplices was the slightly devious and antagonistic uh, j- uh, character played by James Chen. A second accomplice was a, a strong but simple-minded uh, martial artist, and that was uh, going to be played by uh, Hong Kong stuntman Che Yung. And uh, and the, the other accomplices, they, they hadn't been chosen. Uh, yeah, as I probably uh, mentioned before, I think they would have all been killed off by the time that we get to the third floor, where which is where Bruce's footage actually came in. And George Lazenby... I believe he would have been, um, I'm not sure if he was going to be cast as one of the actual fighters on the raid with Bruce, like one of one of his accomplices or one of the martial arts experts. 
but he he was meant to be in this film uh, just a few years after filming um uh on her majesty's secret service so still have some star power for that uh, on the first floor they were gonna they were gonna fight 50 karate fighters and <laughs> we'll later see that I know, it just sounds unreal, that. So, uh, yeah, and the martial artist guarding this first floor was a master of a kicking style, um, and he was going to be played by one in sick who worked with Bruce on The Way of the Dragon. Uh, Taki Kimura would have been the guardian of the second floor, uh, and according to Kimura, Lee wanted him to utilise uh, the praying mantis kung fu as well as some elements of Wing Chun, which uh, utilised fighting using mostly hands with kicks limited to below the waist. Uh, Danny Nisanto was the guardian of the third floor, uh, which was the Hall of the Tiger. He wanted Dan Inosanto to use Kempo uh, Karate, Jeet Kune Do and Filipino Screamer. And he wanted him to use nunchucks as well. So this is where the footage comes in. Bruce's two accomplices have come up the steps ahead of him. And uh, Danny Nisanto, he's, he's, he's giving it to him. He's beating him up. And uh, he beats out a rhythm on his sticks before he takes out the first accomplice, Che Yun, with hand-to-hand combat. Uh, and then he's beating up James Chen uh, using, using these sticks. And then that's where Bruce appears. And he stops Danny Nisanto beating up James Chen by pulling out a green flexible bamboo whip, which represents flexibility. And, Wouldn't like uh, one of them in the bedroom, would you? Oh my word! You can. Oh my Jesus! He, that would be. That's how hardcore you are, ladies. Oh, I'm not working that, that that kind of strong style in the bedroom. We'd have to go to some sort of black market. I don't think you get down Victoria's Secret. Just letting you know. Mm. Mm. So Bruce asked Danny DeSanto if they can move uh, Cheyenne's character so they have more room to groove, which I think is a great, great quote. He also asked Danny DeSanto if he speaks English, and Danny DeSanto was like, yeah, of course you speak English, mate. We want a bit. Hmm. Uh, And sick as well, the whole whole length is on YouTube, the whole 40 mm. minutes of uh, Bruce's original Game of Death. Yeah, yeah, all on YouTube definitely recommend it and so yeah dan says yeah go on mate move him but you know make sure your guys stay away from the stairs over there so james chen he picks up the geezer and moves him out of the way and then bruce hands james chen a small black bag he's carrying and dismissingly shoes him away and by these like simple actions you can already like tell the character dynamic that these guys have and it's just it's great acting by um by Bruce and James Chen. And you think about James Chen, the character he was in uh, The Big Boss had a fist of fury, very much like a white meat baby face, good guy yeah. character. And now he's he's the opposite. He's, he's mm. the the cocky, arrogant, you know, he's a bit too sure of himself. And yeah. just the, the subtle man- mannerisms, because he doesn't, there's not a lot of dialogue between them, to be fair. I don't, I don't even know if there is any dialogue between them. It's just sort of all hand gestures between yeah, Bruce and James. It's like but confident looks at each other, really, isn't it? It's, it's, it's great. It, it says so much about saying anything. And it's, I think it's the mark of truly great acting. So Dan Inosanto, he beats out a rhythm uh, with his sticks. And 
Bruce says to him that his bamboo is longer, more flexible and very much alive. He says, when your routine can't keep up with the elusiveness of this thing here, all I can say is you are in deep trouble. And Dan Inosato says, well, we'll have to find out, mate. So they swear off and uh, Dan beats out a rhythm with, with his sticks and Bruce beats out uh, the same rhythm on the floor with his bamboo stick. Uh, when Dan goes forward, Bruce whips the bamboo right into Dan's face and Bruce starts dancing around. Then Bruce whips his leg and then whips him in the face, cutting him on the forehead. Bruce says, says, says I'm telling you, it's difficult to have a rehearsed routine to fit in with broken rhythm. And then Bruce then dodges his attacks, whips him in the stomach, then whips him in the head again. And you can see like marks appearing on Dan's face. It's all like an X shape. Yeah. Um, I think as well with him, this rather like this with this film and, and the next one is they really emphasise the weapons, you know, the bamboo sticks, the nunchucks and all that. Like that that started coming more into it as well. And like you know, action films and then in the you know in the future they would all start doing that sort of thing as well. Mm. Yeah, um, and he says, uh, Bruce says, he says, you see, rehearsed routines lack the ability to adapt. So Dan now has two marks on his forehead, uh, and they're the shape of an X. Bruce then whips one of Dan's hands, and Dan drops his stick. Bruce then picks up the stick and chucks it away. Bruce then dances around a bit. And uh, then there's there's a bit of missing dialogue, and you can see like on screen text saying missing dialogue. Uh, Bruce then goes forwards and screams, which makes Dan move backwards. Dan then chucks away his other stick and gets out his nunchucks, and he does some tricks. And Bruce then smiles and asks for James Chen to hand him the bag by clicking his fingers. And uh, Bruce then pulls out the the first stick of the nunchucks and then pulls out the second this he pulls back the bag to reveal the second stick of the nunchucks and you can see you know well he's got the nunchucks here he does does his skills and then says surprised and great moment and then they, they circle around each other both doing tricks both like going a little bit slower as they're about to square off and they finally square off and they try to attack each other, but they keep avoiding each other's shots. Bruce then whips him in the face. Bruce then faints. Then when Dan tries to attack him, he kicks him in the leg, then whips him in the back of the head uh, and then moves again. Dan then whips Bruce in the face and moves back. Dan lets his guard down and says to Bruce, how do you like that? And Bruce then whips him in the face and then says, no, how do you like that? And then Bruce avoids Dan's shot and then he wags a finger in his head uh, and, you know, saying, ah, uh, you know, you're not going to be doing me like that, son. Uh, <laughs> and after bringing in like, uh, like, you know, like the long uh, one liners that you hear in like, you know, action films. I don't even yeah. know if it's a thing, but I don't know if he started or what, but just like in this fight scene and into the dragon, they start bringing one liners into it. Definitely. And it, it's, here is how you do it because it's not so much of it it's a nice comedic moment whereas you actually when you watch like sometimes you watch it like um 
fucking Pirates of the Caribbean and they're doing sword fights and they have entire lines of dialogue while they're sword yeah. fighting. It's like, oh, fuck Not off, really. mate. It's cringy as well and it's fucked. Yeah, it's like it's like oh, Jesus Christ. Can you not like just wait, just you do him in, and then say what you got to say to him? It, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what anyway. you're doing. You, you you fuck them up and then tell them. You know, well, I I usually get fucked up and then uh, <laughs> and then be told. But yeah, it's it's just like you're not you're not gonna take in information while having a sword fight on a ship. I mean, it's just not a way to have a comp- <laughs> It's not a, a way to have. A- I'm a bit preoccupied. Exactly, it's just not a way to have a conversation. <laughs> so yeah, so then Bruce starts bouncing on his feet and he whips Dan's wrist. Uh, he then whips Dan's leg and then whips his wrist again. Dan's getting more and more frustrated, and I, I tell you, I'd be frustrated if someone hurt my wrist. I mean, whoa, that's Oof. my evening over. You uh, hurt your wrist all the time. I, I hurt my wrist really? on that's mo- mostly mostly just of uh, overuse. Yeah. Um, yeah. You need so, some stretches and your joint mobilization. Don't we need to get you on that too? I need a, I need a physio for my wrist. Oh. 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 So um. Oh. So the stain remover too. Yeah, for my uh, my my sheets. Yeah. So um. So yeah. Uh, then they're both moving around and um, they try to fake each other out and this is when like the music's like properly kicking in. Then Bruce. Uh, appears to be like he's going to put his nunchucks down. He then kicks Dan, sending him flying to the ground. Dan then rolls around on the ground, trying to attack Bruce, and Bruce jumps out of the way, avoiding the attack. Uh, Then Dan gets up, and he tries to attack Bruce with the nunchucks, and Bruce delivers a kick to Dan, sending him back. Then they have an exchange with the nunchucks, each trying to hit each other. And Bruce then hits him with a series of kicks, taking him down again. Dan then puts his fists up to indicate he wants to fight hand to hand. And Bruce faints, then hits him and then strangles him with the nunchucks. And, uh, and sort Love of like that. take uh, this beautiful way to to take him out. I don't know. Yeah. I imagine he's dead. I imagine he's dead. Yeah, in. it's weird because he just sort of flops to the ground. You don't see him. You don't know whether he's dead. And then Bruce just walks off, like, not asked. Yeah. He's like, it's I don't even need to check on him. It's sort of, you hear a bit of a crack and you're imagining that's, like, meant to be his neck snapping. So it's, it's it was sort of implied that he's dead. We'll go with that. I'm pretty, I mean, Bruce fucked him up regardless. And that was a, it's a dead cool uh, moment as well. Oh, yeah. And a, and a proper cool use of the nunchucks. We've never seen... Yeah. No. The nunchuck's been used to actually choke someone out before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, proper quality. Steve uh, Blackman could use some tips. Mm, mm. Steve Blackman should have watched this scene. And then, you know, he wouldn't have had to, like, be, be people in matches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably would have had a short career if he kept killing his opponent. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. True. So uh, they get to the next floor. There's a great bit of physical acting between James Chen and Bruce as um, James wants Bruce to go up before he does, and they're, they're sort of gesturing, no, no, you first, no, you know, and it's great there. On the fourth floor, they see the guardian of um, the, the guardian of that floor is Korean Hapkido martial artist Ji Han Jae, who is lying down behind a translucent curtain. We get a close-up of James Tien's face, and I don't know, maybe there's some kind of backstory meant to be there between those two. I don't know. Um, uh, Jai, uh, G, I'm I sure think we wouldn't G- know, maybe, if he got to you know, write more. 
we would have known there. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you'll see it in the in the last bit where there's a speech, like a bit of voiceover, and it's like, yeah, I imagine he would have probably given it more context if we got a full script, but uh, sadly not. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're just gonna call this geezer G because it's, it's <laughs> easier to see in G G Andre. G then turns a red light on, uh, and and somewhere Bray Wyatt is watching that, getting an idea. G then warns them that uh, red means danger. So you know, if you if you want to keep living, stop here. Uh, and also, you know, good bit of traffic advice. Red means danger. Stop, mate. Stop. <laughs> so does Amber. Okay, I've just passed my car theory test, and you know, oh, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I'm all up on this shit right now, you know, and well, hopefully I don't forget it. Like you know, but you never know. Yeah, so it's, it's good, Bruce. Bit Green of a... what's that? Greens to stop in it. No, no, it's it's a Amber. Amber is when we can go, isn't it? No, 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 no. Greens to go. And amber, amber, oh, hold on, be a bit careful here. And red is, oh no, just leave Jeez. it, Jesus, leave it, son, be still. That, that's the way uh, I believe it goes. That, that's how uh, instructors should uh, teach their uh, their clients. Just do exactly. that. You don't even have to drive them anywhere. Exactly, exactly. And, and Bruce, give it, give give it a bit of a uh, good traffic advice here, as well as his uh, his martial arts advice. Very, very good Jeez. to see. Mm, mm. So, uh, Cheyun fights him and, and G beats him up comfortably. Uh, and then there's a great exchange between Bruce and James as Bruce signals for James to to beat him up, sort of saying, Look, "There you go, feel free, go on, mate, if you want him." And uh, G he takes out uh, Cheyun and James Chen. G, uh, G takes them out both uh, breaking his display uh, with ornaments on in in the process um, and comfortably just just beating them up uh, and it's sort of like it begs the question if you're going to be in this pagoda where the, where there's going to be a lot of fighting taking place I don't know why you'd have loads of uh, pottery and, uh, and orn- ornaments <laughs> around that's uh, the downtime you know maybe they get breaks and you get to do a little meditation together and you know hold hands and yeah, a bit of pottery why not I hope he's got some good insurance because uh, it's, that's, <laughs> it's just it's just he's not he's, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get 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 better shelving I'd say I'd say that's something we can take away from this film better shelving yeah. uh, and and it's so, so Bruce um he steps forward and he holds his hands up and we get a close up of G's hands Bruce then uh, kicks G sending him flying across the room. Then Bruce changes his stance. G gets up and tries to attack Bruce, but Bruce avoids his shots. Bruce then faints, then delivers a hard punch to G's face. G then kicks Bruce, knocking him over. Bruce then gets up. James Chen says to Che Young, uh, What's let- about this bit as well is just the differences in the stances. You know, like Bruce is just like not, he doesn't stop moving, does he? constantly moving with his hands and on his feet and whereas like the, the fella G he's just straight just you know and rigid oh yeah definitely and if any martial arts like experts want to message us and tell us what the actual because I'm sure when J, Bruce changes his stance he's changed there's a specific form that he's doing to adapt to to what G's doing and yeah yeah he's great to see the contrast in the styles and yeah uh, James Chen says to Trey in um, you know yeah, he says he'll let him go up first, uh, as you're my brother, and, and wishes him success. 
and then smirks uh, seeming to indicate that he, he knows what he's done he knows that this this character is going to get destroyed um and he <laughs> again great acting here by james that really sold really great to see him as, as i said before playing a different kind of role playing a bit of a more villainous character uh bruce he tries to stop the cheyenne's character but chase says he's going up uh and he goes up the stairs bruce then tries to kick g a few times uh, but he moves back and and um and blocks blocks bruce's shots uh g then tries to kick bruce but uh, Bruce moves back. Uh, then Che goes flying down the stairs uh, from that top floor of the pagoda. Yeah, great... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did turn out too well for him. It's a great comedic moment that as well. Yeah, that's another thing about um, as he progressed with his films, they actually got like funnier and funnier. And you can tell it was intentional comedy, but it wasn't forced either. You know, they just like you said, he threw it in in little bits, and it and it just worked. Oh, definitely. I mean, the, the first like half of uh, Way of the Dragon was was pretty much a comedy film, and mm. and then it was you know sort of turned into more of a martial arts film as it got on, and in, and and yeah, here you could I think here's the perfect blend of the two where we got it's it's more subtle the comedy and it's 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 perfectly it's they're, they're, like that's I always say that um so that Ricky Gervais lacks is is the skill to blend comedy and drama at the same time where you don't have to go, right, here's going to be five minutes of comedy, here's going to be five minutes of drama. You could do both at the same time. That's all that John Sullivan was able to do. And Bruce Lee, not saying he was the same kind of writer as John Sullivan, maybe he would have been if he he lived, who knows. But but the way that he's able to, yeah, here's a serious fighting, and here's a bit of comedy. We don't have to take fight. You just hear about 10 seconds, bit of comedy, then back to the fighting. It's it's great. Yeah, Vince Gilligan's like that as well, even in like the, you know, deep shows. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, you have your moments like that. Yeah, yeah, great example, yeah, definitely. So yeah, you see Cheyenne, he's went flying down the stairs, you can see he's, he's been he's been taken out on that top floor, and sort of a, a bit of a foreshadowing to, you know, whoever's on that top floor, he's, he, they're not to be messed with. Big lad. Big lad, big lad, dangerous. G uh, then flips Bruce over, three times with a judo like arm drags james then walks uh, towards the stairs and g does the same to james throwing him three times with, with the same judo the same judo like arm drags and bruce then uh, signals uh, to james to to stand behind him you know to get out of the way uh, and um, and bruce tries to attack g and uh, G grabs Bruce's arm and goes to flip him again, but Bruce punches him in the stomach. Bruce then picks G up and flips him to the floor while tying up G's Lovely legs. Take What's that, sorry? Lovely takedown. Beautiful takedown. Uh, yeah, he picks him up and, and flips him to the floor uh, while tying up G's leg with he, his own leg and then chops him in the stomach. Then uh, yeah, they get for the, the balls. Oh, it's the stomach, isn't it? But he, you know, he, he could have went for the balls there. Could it? Yeah, could have been a, a, a nice uh, bollock shot. But uh, to be I, fair, yeah. I've heard yeah the most painful thing. Um, if you really get a connection there, that's what I mean. I've got a couple of mates who are fighters. Is the stomach like if you if you get kicked in the stomach that, in that right spot, you're fucked for the rest of the fight. Mm, mm. you can imagine because you're winded so you you know you're constantly you're gassing more than as well aren't you 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, they they both get up and Bruce looks back towards James quite cockily and it's it, it, it's quite quite funny like yeah 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 you know that's uh, you know you, you see you see me do that you see how good I am um, and then G goes to attack Bruce and Bruce kicks his hand then blocks G's punch then punches him in the face with the other hand G then goes to attack him with the other hand and Bruce blocks it elbows him turns around and elbows his stomach then flips him over then when he's on the ground he lies on him and elbows him in the stomach bruce then blocks g's kick and punches him in the bollocks and and, and flips him over then g gets up and tries to attack bruce and bruce blocks him and flips him across the room g then gets up and changes his stance bruce tries to kick him but g blocks it james chen he then he tired of waiting, so he goes up to the third floor, and James sees Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting down, looking relaxed, wearing a. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was a dark shiki or it was just a, a big, like a, a long shirt. I suppose every shirt he wears would have to be a long shirt. Yeah, and, but for him, he'd have to request some sort of special size, wouldn't he? Oh uh, yeah, he's he's going to a uh, yeah ninety-eight Magnum dong long, wouldn't he? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and yeah, so he's he's wearing this this shirt. Um, looks looks like some kind of shorts and uh, sunglasses. You know, very much relaxed attire. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, it's already as dark as you can get in that room. Why have you got sunglasses on? <laughs> well, well, it will be. It becomes apparent later. And uh, and James, uh, you know, James Chen gets into the fighting stance, and Kareem stands up and reveals basically to the audience how tall he is. And uh, we get a what? And at we this get... moment, you're like, fucking hell, James, you've got no chance. Yeah, yeah, you should have waited, mate. You should have waited. And uh, we get a high-angle shot looking down at James and really emphasising just how tall Kareem is. Great camera work. It does look well. like a bit of a nappy he's wearing, though, doesn't it? I, I was going to say, like, boxes, but I don't know if it's just, like, because he's so tall. Like, they might just be regular shorts, but they look, like, quite hot. <laughs> high up his legs um, are too long you can't get a size that fits him could be could be uh so yeah kareem he, he takes off his shirt and he he goes to kick james and he uh he kicks the punching bag and he breaks the punching bag in the process and uh, we get a close-up of both of their eyes as uh as james looks terrified sands pouring out from the punching bag kareem easily disposes of james uh, while we cut to bruce lee still fighting g on the floor below g tries to attack bruce with two shots bruce then blocks uh blocks them both then kicks g sending him to the ground bruce sees sand falling down from the floor above him falling through the wooden uh floors the wooded ceiling i should say above him and we cut to a shot of kareem on the floor above trying to stamp on james chen and james chen rolling out of the way and then james chen stops kareem stamping on him by holding his foot and pushing him back james then runs to try and um and get up the stairs you know to where where the treasure treasure's meant to be and he gets about halfway up before kareem basically runs over and jumps and with one hand just pulls him right off the stairs sending him tumbling 
and then lifts him off the ground while choking him and throws him across the room. James screams for Bruce. Uh, we cut to the floor below as Bruce and G uh, still fighting. Um, they're, they're blocking each other's shots. Bruce then grabs G's leg and sends him to the ground. G then kicks Bruce in the face. Then, while they're on the ground, they both sit up and stop and stare at each other, seemingly you know, both to be exhausted. Bruce then, from the ground, kicks him three times in the face. Then they stand up, and G goes to attack Bruce, and Bruce punches him in the stomach, Oof. then lifts lifts him up and uh, and delivers a uh, kind of backbreaker. Backbreaker, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, like a, a proper, you know, he's proper... Uh, yeah, probably finishes like, them off. Definitely, yeah, taking uh, shades out of uh, Ken Patera's uh, book. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know yeah. the time frames add up, or it could be like uh, Carl Gotch, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, deliver, delivers a backbreaker to him, and, uh, and yeah, he's, he basically finished him off, and then Bruce stumbles over to the stairs, and he hears James's screams of pain, and uh, Bruce runs up the stairs, and Bruce gets to the fifth floor, and he seems, uh, and he sees James Chen thrown across the room by the guardian of the fifth pagoda, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, that's not his character's name, but I'm just gonna call him Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Kareem, he's fighting with an unknown style, which symbolised the highest level of martial art, the unknown style. Uh, the style of no style, basically the essence of, of Jeet Kune Do. And Bruce looks stunned as he looks up and he looks at the size of this guy and he's just taken aback, like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, Kareem, he's disposed of James, so he sits down. To be and... fair, though, I really love the way uh, they got that shot of Bruce there. And he, like, he, he gets up there and he's like, at first, he's like, shit, what have I got yeah. myself into here? Then he's like, he just sort of like licks licks his uh, his finger and goes, you know what, fuck this. He gets ready. <laughs> yeah, he goes, well, I'm here now, so I might as well. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> might as well, with it, you know. Yeah, so so Kareem sits down, Bruce approaches him, and Kareem Kareem kicks him uh, with his long legs, sending him back to the ground. Uh, and Bruce gets up. And, kind of looks uh, like Bruce has got a dick on him, you know, on his jumpsuit, <laughs> doesn't it? It's not like a load of dirt on the front of his jumpsuit. Looks like a Louis Louis penis. Yeah, he, old free free uh, old free free leg Bruce, third leg Bruce, free leg Bruce, free leg Lee. That's just the, that's the third leg right there, growing in front growing, of Alex. Maybe it did something. Maybe it did something to him, you know. You're getting getting maybe a bit of a foot fetish. Who knows? Who knows? And so yeah, we see uh Bruce getting kicked back to the ground while Kareem Abdul Jabbar is still sitting down. Minimum of effort for Kareem. And how, Bruce How fucking big do you reckon his feet are, man? Jesus. It's yeah, just terrifying. Terrifying. Could you imagine the size of his dick as well, man? Jesus. Oh, oh, That's so terrifying. If I was, I don't even know if I could. Oh. <laughs> you wouldn't want to. If I would, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, if I was, I couldn't. Yeah, if I, if I was, I couldn't. So yeah, Bruce gets up, and uh, then Kareem gets up, and uh, Kareem's standing up, and he punches Bruce in the face, then hits him with a series of kicks, then hits him with a back fist, and Bruce gets knocked down to the floor. Bruce stands up and stumbles over, uh, away from Kareem. He then uh, stares at Kareem, 
then Kareem goes to kick him and Bruce blocks. Then dives to the ground and does a kind of a drop toe hold to Kareem, yeah. knocking him to the ground. Lovely. Mm. Begin and... to see throughout this um this this whole scene um just the variety of styles that Bruce has got as well in his in his locker. Definitely, yeah. Melts is loving this match, loving this match. <laughs> Okay, um, now. This is a this isn't quite in Tokyo, so maybe it's only uh, four and a half stars. Four and a half stars, and uh, yeah, so he's he's got Kareem in this kind of like drop toe hold thing where he's got his sort of leg uh, tied up. Uh, Bruce is using both of his legs to to tie up one of Kareem's legs while they're both on the ground, and then in the same position, he, he's tried to like apply this kind of leg hold, and he's using all of his strength. And Kareem smiles as Bruce isn't strong enough and he has to break break the hold. Uh, and Bruce stands up and Kareem, uh, Kareem sits uh, with his legs crossed and Bruce goes to attack Kareem and Kareem holds out his palms and, and Bruce moves back. A really cool image. Yeah. Um, Kareem looks then... really cool in this scene, I've got to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, the just the image of him with... Yeah, the yeah. image, and then, like, just his, his whole fighting style as well. Yeah, he's looking like a cool geezer. Bruce then hears a voice saying that his main strength is that he doesn't fear life or death, which allows him to focus on attacks from outside. And Kareem says, uh, little fellow, you must have given up the hope of living. Bruce says, on the contrary, I don't let, I don't let death bother me. Which which isn't really on the contrary, to be honest. Anyway, um, <laughs> Kareem then Kareem then says, "Same here, baby." And Bruce says, "Then what are you waiting for?" Kareem goes to kick Bruce, and Bruce blocks his shots, then kicks him in the stomach, making him double o- making him double over, and then punches him in the face. Really, then... uh, well, sorry, really well placed dialogue as well. You know, there's not been much dialogue in this in it, and. But when there was, it's just, like you said, perfect balance at the right time as well. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of those where, um, talk about before, like there being more context, we got a full script. I think that voice over there, I, I imagine if we did actually get to see the full film, it finally got, got properly made, there'd be a bit like before explaining. Uh, maybe it was his master or something giving the voice over. Maybe it was a previous lesson about, you know, a previous briefing about this fighter or something. Uh, so it's a shame we don't get the, the proper context, but I imagine it would have been explained more if we saw the, the full film. So, yeah, he punches him in the face. He then kicks uh, Kareem in the chest. Uh, Kareem then stands up um, and, uh, and he delivers a hard punch to Bruce, uh, following through with the punch and knocking Bruce to the ground. And Bruce, when he falls to the ground, he rolls over. Great selling there, great selling. Yeah. Uh, Kareem then goes to kick Bruce and Bruce blocks it then Bruce gives him a leg kick and then punches him in the stomach making him double over and then punches him in the face following through and knocking Kareem to the ground then Bruce goes to attack Kareem and Kareem flips Bruce over breaking some crockery in the process, again, why do these geezers keep leaving all this crockery all about? I mean, it's just, this is, yeah. what do you expect? What do you expect? There's, a, there's a lawsuit there somewhere, you know, damage to property. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's just the mess, the mess it's going to create. Yeah. <laughs> the mess. 
Yeah. Some geezer's got to clean all that up. Some geezer's got to clean that. Yeah. Kareem then tries to push Bruce's face down on a sharp shard of crockery that's sticking out. And uh, Bruce then uh, lifts up his leg and kicks Bruce in the head. Sort of doing like a scorpion kick type manoeuvre. Um, flipping over kind of in the process. And yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's re- really great. Cool like, in the chair. Oh, definitely. It's really great the struggle between, like, you know, the, the test of strength, Bruce trying to. Well, it was from the start, weren't it? Yeah, like, obviously, there was that test of strength at the start, and now you, and now you have to see Bruce's uh, strength. Yeah, Bruce just trying with all, all of his might just to, to, to stop his face from being impaled on this crockery. And that's, and having to you know, it's quite push, realistic. Yeah. It, like, they really pulled off, you know, the, the size difference. Like the size difference is, is is mad when you watch it, but then you're watching it like, and it looks real, and that's because it you know it is real in a sense. Like they are that good, and they've been trained together for that long. But you would think it would look quite fake and hokey, and but it really doesn't. And it again just proves Bruce's strength and the power that he had, as even with his small frame. Mm, definitely, yeah. So then they they both stand up, and Bruce signals to him. Um, to move to the center of the room and uh, Kareem he checks that his, his sunglasses are still on his head and he walks uh, walks towards Bruce and, uh, and tries to kick him Bruce then blocks the kick and punches him in the stomach making Kareem back up Kareem then goes towards Bruce uh, they try to kick each other and block each other's kicks Kareem tries to punch Bruce twice and Bruce ducks uh, then punches uh, Kareem's arm. Kareem then tries to kick Bruce, and uh, Bruce avoids it. Then punches Kareem in the bollocks. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, then we then we hear like a, a slightly different voice from before, and uh, and it, and it, and it's I think it's Bruce's in the dialogue, and he's saying um, with his great size, he's going to find it difficult to get up, get up every time I knock him down. Uh, and Kareem then gets up and tries to hit Bruce with a series of kicks and Bruce ducks and blocks them. Bruce then hears a voice saying, look at him, uh, give him the fatigue bombing. So they, they try to attack each other and they block each other's shots. And then Bruce stamps on Kareem's calf and uh, Kareem hobbles over. Then Bruce punches him in the face. Uh, then Kareem tries to punch Bruce. Uh, he blocks it then um, punches Kareem, then Kareem goes down and Bruce uh, gets him in a kind of like wear down submission uh, chokehold and Kareem tries to... like a triangle choke in it a bit? A little bit, yeah. Um, I'm sure it's a technical term for it. Kareem then tries to face palm Bruce, but Bruce breaks uh, through and applies the hold. Uh, Kareem then rolls over uh bruce adjusts uh, to get on top of him and then they both uh, get up and bruce tries to attack kareem uh but uh, he blocks it and then punches bruce in the face uh knocking bruce over uh, twice and uh, and you, this this is probably the most punishment i think bruce has probably taken in a film you know on screen yeah, yeah. and uh, and yeah Gotta bruce put over, the, put over the big men He's got exactly, yeah. Put over, put over him strong. Put over Abdul strong. He he puts over very strong, and uh, and he's he's trying to stand up, and and Bruce then punches uh the wall, 
and he breaks a hole in the wall of the pagoda and uh, light shines in. What's that? More, More mess. mess. More mess, exactly. Someone's got to clean that up, mate. Someone's got to clean it up. Now we're talking glass, like with vases and shit, maybe. Pottery, yeah, but glass, it's dangerous, mate. Yeah. Well, it wasn't glass. It was sort of like a wood. Like the, the walls of it were sort of made by... Um, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was like, like weird kind of paper, like material, which also begs the question in this pagoda. I mean, I imagine there's a reason. I'm not a designer. I don't. I'm not a designer. I'm not an architect. It's probably a reason they they use this material. But you should have should have used some stronger material. You didn't want it to get broken. And uh, and and Bruce, yeah, basically he he accidentally breaks a hole in the wall, and uh, and light light appears in, and then Bruce sees that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar seems to be a, a bit uh, light-sensitive as Kareem holds his hands up, trying to block out the light, and then Bruce then punches him uh, twice in the stomach and then once in the face. Then he headbutts him, then stamps on his foot. Then Kareem tries By to punch way, him. By the way, that, that, uh, that shot where, you know, it's from uh, Abdul's eyes and it's like sort of distort and it's going in and out of colour. Um, it, that's really cool. Uh, again, the cinematography just with every film improves, and really here was, that was quite that's quite groundbreaking stuff to be honest. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. So yeah, he's he uh headbutts him, stamps on his foot, uh, and then Kareem tries to punch him twice, and Bruce ducks and then punches him in the face, knocking him over. Uh, then Kareem tries to get up, and Bruce punches him in the face. Then Kareem tries to get up again, and Bruce punches him in the face again. And then Kareem tries to hit Bruce with a few kicks. Bruce blocks them, then attacks Kareem with a flurry of fast attacks, sending him to the floor. Uh, then they they both get up, and uh, they both seem hurt and exhausted. And uh, we get the inner dialogue from Bruce again, saying, oh, I'm so tired. No, Hatien must be more tired. Calm down your soul. Uh, we then get Kareem's inner dialogue as he says, this son of a gun is, is tiring me out. Bruce then sees that he's uh, suffering from the light and he's he's started to think, oh, well, this, he must, you know, yeah, he must be light-sensitive light here. And so he, he starts making more holes in the wall. He then run, runs over to Kareem and delivers a fly kick to, to Kareem, knocking him down and he knocks uh, the glasses off of Kareem's face. And uh, Kareem can't find his glasses. And uh, he gets up and stumbles over to basically underneath the stairs and tries to steady himself. And we see Kareem has these red eyes. Uh, very, like, you know, scary. Yeah, it's like, it's like supernatural in a way, isn't it? Mm, definitely, yeah. He's either he's either so like transported to uh, fucking twilight. Yeah, he's it's either something supernatural or he he's smoking like the most powerful joint. <laughs> he's been smoking with PMD. He's been he's, he's been he's been smoking with Bruce. Mate. He's been smoking with Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Bruce then follows uh, follows him as Cream stumbles over uh, around to the front of the stairs. And Bruce says, why continue? Just let me pass. And Kareem says, you have forgotten that I too am not afraid. And then the audio cuts. Uh, so I imagine he's going to say, I'm not afraid of death. Uh, Kareem then tries to punch Bruce twice. And Bruce ducks and then punches Kareem in the face. Then kicks him in the face, knocking him down. Then Bruce gets him in a headlock. 
and Kareem crawls over to a kind of bench and Bruce just keep, he's just keeps holding on the headlock. He's not letting go. Uh, you could see uh, Kareem desperately with all the life in him trying to like use this for leverage, trying to steady himself, trying to get himself up. And he picks up Bruce as he manages to like get up, get up on his feet again and slams Bruce through the bench. But Bruce keeps the headlock on and just keeps it on and chokes him out. Yeah, Jim Ross would be proud of this sleeper hold. Oh, it was beautiful, beautiful. Nice, nice and snug, nice and snug. Nice and uh, snug, so nice and stiff. That's what we like to see. No potato one going on. And uh, just again, though, the variety of, you know, you have your wrestling, your grappling. We've seen that. We've seen the, the Jeet Kune Do and the martial arts, submissions. So, again, that's what a lot I really love about um, as time went on with his films. He was learning more in real life in terms of fighting styles, and then he put them in this film. So, a bit, bit of snug headlocking. Love to see it. Definitely, definitely. And uh, Bruce then stands up exhausted and shouts down uh, to, I presume, he's meant to be like the Korean Mafia guys. Uh, you know, he says to him, come up, come up here, mate. I've taken them all out. Get your, your fucking treasure. All right, come on, mate. <laughs> Pick it up, you can Come on, you can. And he goes down to the third floor, breaks some more holes in the wall, and he says, "Come on, come up here and help me." There's loads of mess to clean up here as well. He's in the fucking <laughs> yeah. crockery. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I told him. I told him. Sand fucking glasses. Sand glasses. I, I told him, mate. If this is what is this, mate? Is this IKEA? Or is this gonna be a, a fucking place to fight? You got someone's got to come up here and clean all this shit up. All right, I'm knackered. And uh, and then, um, yeah, someone from outside says to Bruce to hurry down. And Bruce looks exhausted. Like, there's no fucking lift in this place. <laughs> yeah, God damn it. You could have at least put a lift at the top, you know. Yeah. Exactly. I wonder if this film could be made today, actually, because they'd, they'd just have the lift, wouldn't they, to the yeah, top floor. Yeah, es- escalators going up, it'd be sound. Yeah, yeah. So basically what happened here is we were going to do this all as one part and then we realised, ah shit, this part's going to be five hours. So I thought, you know what, break it up. So basically what's going to happen is the next part is going to be the conclusion of our Bruce Lee series where we cover Enter the Dragon and the end of his life and all that. So uh, so join us on the next part. Um, Yeah, so thanks very much.